0: Welcome to the You Matter Wellbeing series by Life on Time. Dr Bear, hello Dr Bear. Hello Jez. How you doing buddy? I'm alright mate, not too bad. Surviving. We, um, That's the thing. surviving exactly. What's the term? Thriving not surviving. Do you ever use that?
1: Uh, I don't but it sounds like it fits. You could though. I could yeah,
0: I'll borrow it. Thanks, Hash- mate. Hashtag that. <laughs> do you, i bet you don't hashtag anything do you no mate. you're, not, t- hashtag, you're not you're not a hashtagger um i don't even know what it is to be honest ali i just you know every now and again i'll do it but i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> yeah <sounds> about right. <laughs> um look we talked about so many different things really interesting uh in the last episode uh and we tried to sort of gear it around teachers in their first week back at school i thought maybe this time we could l- maybe um, link it more to parents. Um, we did say, well, we're both parents. You've got two lovely girls who mm. are very young. And again, that comes with its challenges, especially in lockdown, right? Um, I've yeah. got two crazy boys who are year three and year four uh, who use a, a trampoline uh, as a UFC cage most of the time, <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, very entertaining. A it's very, very entertaining, but probably not what they're supposed to be doing most of the time. Um, but look, we talked about, um, there was a word you used quite a lot in the first episode, which was validation. Yep. And you're a very clever man, and I'm not as clever as you. No, no um, I don't think that's right, Jess. Well, it is right, because you're... But it's doctor. very charming, aren't you? Well, yeah, I'm charming, but not clever. That's what they'll <laughs> say about me. <laughs> um, what, what did you mean by that? Because obviously the first episode, we talked a lot about how you can be kind to yourself, give yourself time. Um, geared it towards teachers and then maybe managers and how they can help teachers what you said you said that term quite a lot what what can you kind of go into that a bit more um, I, again obviously linking it to how people can use validation on a kind of day-to-day yeah. basis and how it might be able to help them so I, I guess it's a bit about uh accepting that this is how you're going to be feeling
1: and to be um like okay with that to sort of be able to identify right You know, if kids are going back or I am feeling this, that's kind of what I'm supposed to be feeling. Like, no, anyone else in this situation would be feeling this. It's really normal. It's the sort of normalising process behind it and not feeling
0: pushed into, I have this feeling, I need to get rid of it. So so the people throughout the whole pandemic, no matter what (laughs) they do, who are able to to normalise I mean, it's so hard to normalise a a pandemic because we've, you know, in our lifetime, we have never really had it, have we? Apart from, you know, whatever we've had, SARS and flu and that kind of stuff. But if you're able to, so it's normalise and accept. Is that Would you say they're the kind of two key things? for And that's what that means. So the people that have gone, right, I accept this has happened. I accept that this is the way I have to work. This is the way I have to live. This is the way I have to parent. It's normal to feel the way I'm feeling. It's normal to be stressed, worried, anxious, and all those things. But I have I have to find a way through. Is that the right way of thinking about it, or is it, I have to find a way through not the right way of thinking about it? Um,
1: I don't I don't necessarily think it's a right or wrong. But if you were to write, you know, if we were to plan this as a, like a an awful sort of social experiment, and say we're gonna uh, find something that is, you know, potentially very physically threatening, uh, like COVID, we're gonna throw people completely out of their routines all the stuff that the predictability the sense of like who they are as people what they're supposed to be doing day to day um all the sort of normal stuff literally down to the smallest things of is there going to be bog roll how do i get my food uh is there going to be sufficient wi-fi to be working from home if you're working from home sort of fundamentals that we all take for granted without really thinking about it you take all of that away and you make people sort of threatened by it and all the resources are sort of taken away as well so we can't meet up as easily with sort of friends family we can't exercise necessarily in a way we might be like wh- whatever it is that helps people cope but to some degree at least i would be really surprised if it wasn't affected to then think what, what would i really expect anyone else to be feeling right now like okay like th- genuinely thriving kind of not feeling stressed at all. Who's that? Like, they're robots or what? Like, that just can't be a reality, can it?
0: Interesting, that, because um, you're right. There are, so working with some kids, I think some, some actually really did thrive in lockdown. Mm. And I can't put my finger on why that is. I think those that have social anxieties or don't like being surrounded by people all the time Mm-hmm. Or don't like expectation, constant expectation. Because as a kid at school, you're constantly walking past teachers or seeing teachers in the classroom. Have you done this? Have you done that? Have you got your homework yeah. in? Have you? Co- so, I think some actually did quite like that. But then obviously that's that's different because I guess
1: yeah, it's a, it's quite a different experience being a teacher to I'm sorry being a teacher and a parent and a
0: you know school child. Yeah, yeah, of course. And again, you know, some of the I. <laughs> thinking about like some of the boys uh and they've loved playing on the ps4 mm-hmm. and not putting their clothes on you know wearing the pajamas yeah. all day long and all that jazz yeah. so but again whether that you're not thriving obviously you're not thriving doing that but you're possibly in your head loving life because no one's you know pushing you and pushing you for stuff so right. yeah that's an interest that's an interesting interesting point that um i mean going sort of taking that across to parents then um, we said in the last episode that parents are now um not back to normal, obviously, and it totally depends what they do for a job whether they 're working full time or whatever they 're doing but if they' if their kids are now back at school full time mm. um and they we said in the last episode they potentially potentially have that little bit of extra time for themselves or they could mm. do that, but then how they 're going to probably be worrying a lot about the kids going back it and they 're going to worry you know about about covid they're yeah. going to worry about how they're feeling. They're going to be worrying about how they adapt to going back to school, about friendship groups, all that kind of stuff again. Mm. How, you know, what can we, what can parents do to try and help their, their children through this period or help them transition back into a way of, of being in school and, and trying to get back to some kind of normality? Um,
1: I, sp- I suppose, again, we talked about validation is kind of what do you expect? your kids at this point like what do you expect them to be feeling like probably pretty tired because they're having to perform in a way that they didn't have to perform before probably a bit of excitement for getting to see their friends getting the kind of uh, different type of liberty being able to go out and socialize in a different way than they have done before uh, i suppose whatever it might be it's sort of genuinely putting yourself in the shoes of your child and then perhaps understanding that they don't converse they're not going to be interested they're not going to have the same perspective as you so it might not be good. to the same level of threat they might not be as invested in understanding perspective because as a child you tend to be more interested in. not interested but life revolves around you a lot more particularly the, the younger you get as you develop and mature your interest and um Uh, you just tend to be more invested in what's going on with others like your sphere of interest gets bigger and bigger and bigger mm. you know mm. you see it as sort of, you see it as like little children will just walk straight in front of you without any consideration for anyone else mm. it's just uh, this is my life this is my line no one else almost exists um and that's always sort of my constant thought of
0: you when you say put you said i think you use the term putting yourself in their shoes if you're a parent and you've gone back to work physically gone back to work then you can put yourself in the kids shoes can't you because you're probably feeling a bit weird yeah but then like you said you're an adult so you've got you've got the coping strategies probably uh, more ingrained in yourself to be able to get on yeah um teachers again making this link between teachers and parents and students if you're a teacher and a parent which obviously a lot of us are i'm one of them then you've just made me go well actually do you know what i'm pretty sociable happy chappy mm. but actually yesterday i didn't lo- i didn't want to be in mm. a room of people having a cup of coffee i wanted to go off on my own yeah and i thought started thinking to myself that's that's not what i'm like normally mm. and i've got so used to doing that at home mm. away from home and having my space mm. and having time that yeah it was interesting it was just a, p- a moment of going oh you know have i have i changed here or is this just something that i've got to get back to normal and, and, and adapt again um mm so going back to that word expectation as well do you think that parents should try and not lower expectations but change their expectations so should the expectation be just are you happy and okay i mean obviously when we really stuff as parents that is ultimately the most important thing and parents can get so hung up on academic success Mm. sporting success whatever it is you know but ultimately if your kids are happy and smiley and Mm -hmm. they go in through the school gates happy and you'll Mm -hmm. obviously experience this soon um with the girls when they get Mm -hmm. older you when you strip that all away it doesn't almost it does matter but it doesn't matter as much does it how well they're doing in their exams or their tests yes it's important especially for those specific age groups they need to get those grades to get into universities colleges wherever they're going But would you say that's quite good advice to try and strip back and go, right, are you are you okay? Yeah, I, guess,
1: okay. I guess it's sort of shorter and longer-term expectations. So I would imagine that there's a degree of just expecting kids to habituate in the same way that you are. Like, this isn't normally how you feel, but yet you find yourself sort of wanting to spend time more alone because you're not used to it anymore, the same as kids need time to get used to finding their feet, even though this might be something they're kind of really familiar with you might be with the same peers same mates same teachers all the rest of it it might mechanically and like look the same but if you've been out of the running for a while it's it all takes a sort of like retraining that um to expect to walk back in and to be completely focused on academic achievement from day one doesn't necessarily feel
0: particularly realistic it was interesting on sports pitches this week because we've got no fi- We can't play fixtures. We can't, we can't, obviously, we can't go to other schools. We can't get other mm. schools in. So, football yesterday, um, I'm a charge, I run the football program. Uh, and normally it would be very much right you're with the A's, you're with the B's, you're with the C's, you're with the D's. Yeah. And we're working on this. This is the theme. This is we've got a match next week, blah, yeah. blah, 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 right? And they said, What are we doing? And I just said, All you are doing. It's having fun. That's all you are doing. So I don't almost don't care whether you're doing a shooting drill, mm. passing drill, or dribbling drill. Mm. Um, here's some ideas, and it was interesting. Um They, I haven't got full feedback, but for me coaching the squad I had yesterday, I just, I just really tried to make it fun and interactive and getting them communicating again. And mm. actually, they did struggle. They did struggle communicating. I've really noticed that with the boys, especially. And again, mm. it'd be interesting to pick your brains. If we do that now or another time. Gender specific with students, like the girls. Very generalized again. the conversations I have with girls, they seem they seem to be better at having those mature, hey, how are you, Jez? How you know, how was your lockdown? Whereas the boys grunt are grunting. All right, guys. So I went, <laughs> over, I went over to a group of sick formers early on in the week and I went, All right, lads. You know, right. How you doing? They went, yeah, good. Good to good to be back at school. Yeah. Cool, good, good chat, guys. Yeah, good chat. Thanks very much. <laughs> Me. I've said that to a couple of other teachers this week. It's that sort of tumbleweed where you're going, God. Is it me? And maybe it's partly me, but I think also they have they have lost the art of communicating face to face. They are they ha- they have been used to being able to mute their mic, turn their camera off, yeah. and be in their own space and their own bubble. And again, there's there's a there's probably quite a lot of work to be done, isn't there? Obviously in schools, but also parents i mean what can parents do there can they just talk just talk to the kids more and get them talking again or i suppose it's a bit about being curious more than anything
1: if it comes across as an interrogation you know kid walks through through sort of the door end of the day going to be tired because they're having to think a lot more than they have been otherwise are they then going to respond well to being interrogated and you know i can try and relate back to what it was like when i was back So, monosyllabic grunting like, you're probably not going to let a lot out of me. You,
0: it, you want a syllabic basis. <laughs> it's crazy, is it? <laughs> can, can I? Can I put something else forward to you? Because it's just made me realise, as a, as a parent this week, um, trying to be a more therapeutic parent, mm-hmm. naturally being more of a kind of PE teacher, sergeant, major mm-hmm. type parent, yeah. um, I was given a really interesting bit of advice, which has actually really changed, because language is so important, isn't it? Yeah. you know obviously better than anyone like how you say it how you frame it what you say is so important and here's what probably so many parents out there do you probably say to your kids when they go off through the school gates have a great day mm. and i was told that if i say to the boys yeah, have a great day that's pressure mm. because if i'm saying you know have a great day if they don't have a great day, then they're going to disappoint me. Mm. So, can I reframe that? Um, I hope you have a lovely day. I hope you have a I hope you have a really good day. Or, I don't know. What do you think? There's anything in that from with, the, with your background? And, you know, is that an interesting concept in itself? Oh, it's, definitely, you... it's
1: definitely an interesting concept, isn't it? Because it's sort of starting to set up the idea of how much kids take on for kind of almost colloquial terms, like have a great day. You don't really think about the content. It's almost like a this and that's is what, an, and this that's is what not you bad. say. That-
0: and, and that's not bad, is it? Someone. I'm not. Well, I'm not saying to parents don't say that because no. that's not a bad thing to say. But then you take that to the next level, don't you? And you go, "Have a great day." You know, make sure you do this, or make sure you do. You get eighty percent in your math test, or yeah. you know, if you again, it goes back to what you said at the start. You've got to think about expectations at the moment, and the expectation is if your kids are going in and they're relatively happy and they're they're talking to their friends again, then you're winning.
1: Yeah, and I guess it's sort of what ends up getting shortened.
0: Like, most
1: of that sentence is probably missing it. Like, there's a bit of, I hope you have a great day. Not, yeah. if you don't have a great day, I'm going to... Don't worry. I... Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's sort of, what's the function behind this? It's sort of, this is my intent that I'm wishing you well.
0: Great. But again, that just comes back to what you just said. What's the why? What's the function? Have you thought it through? But the other thing I wanted to say to so you, you don't want to overthink everything, do you? You I, don't I want just, to be I don't like, think, constantly...
1: I, I don't think you can be attentive and mindful to that much stuff. Like all the no. time, if you can, great. But it's
0: probably going to cost you something. And again, that depends on your kids, right? Because if your kids are mentally tough and happy and, and and you know flourishing and all that kind of stuff, you, they're probably not going to be bothered by that kind of stuff. But if your kids are struggling, and then you do have to think about some some simple fixes that might make a difference. And you know, I'm not saying that me saying I hope you have a great day has made a massive mm-hmm. difference to me saying have a great day. Yeah. But I am now, like you've just said, more mindful of the fact that. I don't want to be to put, especially right now. I want to be putting too much pressure and expectation on them, yeah. Um, because yeah, we, we it's going to take a long time for kids to get back to being happy and and okay um, with being in school physically. And yeah. they probably underlying are still worried about a lot of them about COVID. It hasn't gone. Um, you know, bear just to let you know, you know, this probably already we're having, you know, ki- we're having to shove the swabs. We're doing the lateral flow tests, mm. shoving them up our noses twice a week. Kids are off yeah. doing that in the middle of lessons.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you know, it's it's really strange for them still. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of food for thought there. Look, I think we'll we'll wrap it up. I didn't just know gonna, there was anything just else. Just
1: going to say one thing, just because I yeah. think in terms of thinking about you know how you end up supporting or wanting your kids to flourishing, whether they're kind of doing well or whether they're not, it's sort of it. Switches because I think a lot of people feel a huge amount of responsibility for the well being of their children, almost like they're exclusively responsible. And I suppose if you base it on like an outcome goal of uh, if my child is happy and okay, then I'm doing a good job. And I, th- I think that's a really difficult one to kind of manage because there's so many other variables that go into it, right? If you can then switch that from an outcome goal to a process goal. So, what are the things that I can do that contribute? to my child's well-being, rather than uh, it's all down to me, can then set both you up and your kids up to be in a sort of far far more manageable and realistic place in terms of expectations. So if I know that I can do this for my child, if I can be curious, if I can uh, validate kind of how they might be feeling and not try to pressure, whatever it might be, Mm. these are the steps that I'm planning to take it's not like that's written in stone and it might well no. change what might be good now or might, what your kids might have needed sort of pre-lockdown might be very different from what they need now. But I guess the, the intent is there. And I think that's, that's what I would encourage people to focus on, I
0: suppose. That's such a good, that's such a good thing to finish on. <coughs> uh, don't concentrate because you could be the best parent in the world and not have the greatest outcomes from the kids. But like you say, if you're concentrating on the process and you're trying to do the right thing, whilst making mistakes as much as you possibly can. And again, going back to the first episode, not beating yourself up if you do make mistakes here and there, because we all do. I think that's a really good place to finish. Um, Bear, thanks so much again for your time and and for all that advice and and knowledge. Um, Brilliant to talk to you. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, we'll see you next time, mate. thanks for listening to this episode of you matter brought to you by life on time for more information on the work that we're doing please visit our website lifeontime.co.uk